Yeah. So it's really funny because I, um, I we have a great lesson, and earlier I was doing it by myself. She had a doctor's appointment. She had left, and I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. Something's not right. But I kept moving forward with preparing a lesson, and we came back here. I went over everything I felt like we were to hit, and we get all done. It's 5.15, and she just is like, doesn't feel right. And I'm like, I know. So, so then I was like, okay, we don't live by our feelings, so we're just going to be obedient to what God wants. But if he's not on the lesson, then there's no point in bringing forth the lesson. So we just began to pray, and we're not really sure what he's doing. God. So we're just, um, we, we have a start, and we're just going to let Holy Spirit lead tonight. And so, Andrew, you're actually going to want to come up close, because I have a feeling it's going to be more of an intimate um, conversational time. Yeah, yeah. And we may get to this great lesson that I spent a lot of time on. But if we don't, another day, another time. Someone else needs it. I don't know. This is so nicely balanced. Like, this is aesthetically pleasing. Two women, two women in the same place, two dudes. It's brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, let's just open in prayer and just cover it in Holy Spirit. And we're just going to, you're going to watch us engage with Holy Spirit and let us lead us. So, Father God, we just thank you that you are in this house, Lord. God, I thank you that you have called us to this place in time. God, and we are here for you. God, we are here to give you glory and honor and praise. God, and I just, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come in like a flood right now. That you would just show up in this house and that you would reveal Father's heart to us. What, what is it he is speaking? What is it he's wanting to do? tonight, God, and we just lean into you and say, have your way. We give you permission. We, we lay aside our agenda, and we give you permission to move in the way that you want to move, Holy Spirit. So we just invite you to come. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I do think it's the Sunday where yeah. Yeah, I came back yeah. up. So, mm -hmm. so when, when we were praying, um, the Lord had brought back up the Sunday word he spoke to me, the word that was really heavy on my heart Sunday, and I'll just repeat it. Um, it was the, the whole wrestle with Jesus when Jesus asked me Saturday night into Sunday, um, when I was interceding for Afghanistan and what was going on there, I just, I, I heard the Lord say, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow at church, would you go to church? And I went, no, <laughs> no, 
who would go, who would, no. <laughs> and he's like, that's what the Afghan people do. They know every Sunday that they go to church, it could be their last Sunday. And they count the cost, they take the risk because I'm the most important thing in their life. And he said, I'm not worried about, he, and I don't know that I shared this Sunday, he said, I'm not worried about the Afghani church because they're headed to heaven. I am worried about the American church because I'm not number one in their life. And it, it brought a lot of conviction because then he's like, well, what do you go to church for, Angel? I'm like, I don't know. Why do I go to church? And so it, it's just, it wrecked me. Like I was undone Sunday. I was undone Monday. I, every night, um, I do my devotional time often at night. I read my Bible in the morning, but I spend time with God at night because I, Bill Johnson taught a lesson about how he goes to bed talking to Jesus. He talks to Jesus through his dreams and he wakes up to go to the bathroom. He's still talking to Jesus. He goes back to sleep talking to Jesus. And it's so I've kind of picked that up and I do that. So that's why I end up awake through the night a lot, which I'm not complaining most days. <laughs> um, but, but it's that whole thing. And so when we were praying, it's one of the things that came back. I felt like it was an undone word. I probably, but I was so undone with it on Sunday, I didn't know what to do with it. Like, and I probably should have called, instead of going into worship, we probably should have done more of an altar call of like repentance of, you know, so, so that, that is the question. And so let me ask you, you know, I, cause I, I saw your post and, in, in, uh, why do we come to church? What, what is our heart response to that? So let's, let's talk about that. Let's dialogue about it. Um, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some of you it is because Jesus is the most important thing to us. So jump in. nourished for replenished to get me because I know I need it so badly mm -hmm. in my life mm -hmm. and I get replenished mm -hmm. you know I get nourished and I don't know if you know but I'm back and forth between two churches okay. you know and I told Katie I really feel like this is my home mm -hmm. but I can't bear to bring my because it was my co-worker and I love him dearly that brought me going to the other church and I I just can't pull myself so I get nerve I really get fed better here I really do and I really feel like calm here yeah. but that's you know I, I need that nourishment I need fed you know and I get it here and I feel the Holy Spirit that's good anybody else we'll use mics if you need it or if you have a loud voice I'll let you talk I mean, it doesn't even have to be your personal walk, you know. Uh, do you feel the same way that Jesus does about the American church? Like when we look at the American church, when we look, because um, Bill Johnson said that um, the demonic used to manifest itself when it came into the presence of God. Like they, when they would have worship services because they have such a large congregation, they would have demonic presence, you know, the things that you see in Africa, 
where people who are demon-possessed, they would manifest in their services until, until cell phones came out and they no longer see it. And he says it's not there. Cell phones. They're too busy scrolling. They're too busy scrolling, so they're not even paying attention to the presence of God. And it's the, it's exactly. And so it's the whole, you know, when a devil comes in contact with the divinity of God, it shakes and trembles. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that happens, I think, as believers in the American church is we take church for granted. And we take the presence of God for granted. We no longer, well, it's just something I do. I mean, I, I enjoy it. I, I like his presence. It's where I get fed. It's, it's, but it's no longer, well, we know it's always going to be there. You know how you take something for granted? And we no longer desperate for his presence. We're no longer, he's no longer the most important person in the room anymore often in churches or even in our lives and so it's I yeah I just I'm, I've been undone by it all week and so one of the things I th I think God is doing in this season and we've talked about it is is he's calling us higher not not to punish but because he is desperately in love with us and we're the most important person in his life and he wants that reciprocated where Isaiah, when he came into the presence of God in Isaiah, he was undone. He's like, who am I? I'm unworthy. And he went low and down, and he literally was undone. And we come into the presence of God on Sunday mornings and often guilty of being distracted or half-hearted or not fully engaged. You know what I mean? So I, I just think he's... He's crying out for his bride to be full engaged. And, and really, that is what revival is. You know what I mean? It's bringing back to life something that is dead. And I do believe that the American church is dead to a love relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I, I just, I can't get away from that word. I, I, I can't get away from the word of, why am I here? Is he the most important thing in my life? And I just, I don't know. So, um, Yeah, and so here's the other thing. That's okay. That's all right. You keep, you're not, you can ask us to re. Yep, totally understand. You're not interrupting by asking us to repeat anything. You're fine. You, you're okay. Okay, you're welcome. One of the things that it also made me do this week is I begin to cry out for the body of Christ because sometimes we, we get a, a small perspective and that this is the body of Christ when this is the arm of the body of Christ. You know what I mean? Because the church is the body of Christ. And so if we have dead churches in our communities, if we have churches that have allowed sin in, it is our responsibility to, to become desperate enough that we begin to cry out for them, that, that, that we lose sleep over the fact that there are Christians who are professing Christianity and they're not walking it out, that we lose sleep over not just the Afghani, I mean, what's happening to them is horrible, but they're going to heaven. Do you see what I'm saying? And there are a lot of churches in America that only take part of the Bible, or they only, and it's not a judgment thing, it's a, I am sad for them. And I just feel like that's the heart of God right now over America, that he is sad where we are headed and where we are as the body of Christ. And so it's just so so heavy. And I, I, I believe it is why you're hearing about revival wherever, because we're not the only one that's feeling this urgency of desperation. You know, and, and it's what desperation is what causes us to cry out for revival. It's one of the things that ushers in revival, where you get, you know what it's like, uh, maybe you don't, when you have a loved one who isn't serving God and they're making choices that could take their lives and you just, you just cry and cry and cry and cry. And I, I feel like that's what God is doing over the America church. So, so I want to partner with him in that tonight. I just feel like it's an undone word of we need to begin to intercede. We need to take the heaviness of that of beginning to cry out. You know, not just for ourselves, not just it's, is Jesus the most important thing in our churches? Is the Holy Spirit the most important thing? Is God the most important thing? And too often we choose who's the most important thing out of the Trinity, and it's three in one. Are we desperate? And mm -hmm. um, picking backing off that, one of the things we talked about was She's got this book, and there's this quote in it. I have no idea where it's at, but it talks about how 
we can either believe that we come into mm-hmm. God's presence or God comes into our presence. Mm-hmm. Um, like oftentimes when we come to church, we think, oh, wow, I, I really felt Jesus. Like I could feel him with me. He, uh, you know, or when we talk about how he's come to us or he's come to listen to me, he's provided for me, we can paint a, a perception of we're the center of our own world sometimes. And we think about, well, you know, I didn't feel God today, so, you know, the worship team must have done something wrong, <laughs> you know, or the pastor must be in sin because I didn't feel God today, like, you know, or we, we, st- we, we may make these excuses or, or have these theories about why or why not we sense God with us. And did you pull up the quote? Mm-hmm. Can you read that? Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, okay. It says, encounters are, are of his choosing, not ours, but worship positions us for them. Mm-hmm. God is not in our presence. We are in his presence. This is the key to our understanding of the posture of worship, that we are mm-hmm. coming into his presence. He's not coming down to our presence. And... Um, talks about how often our external expressions in worship should reflect our internal posture. And too often, when we come into worship, we do things because it's what we do. We sing the same songs. We know the songs. So we don't do an internal connection with our external actions. You know what I mean? We forget that when we are clapping our hands, that is warfare against the enemy in the house, that, that we are calling him down and out, that, that we forget that raising our arms is an act of surrender, saying, God, I am worshiping you. I am giving up my free will. I'm saying, I'm undone. I'm all yours. You know what I mean? We forget that worship should reflect where we are externally. And we do things out of repetitiveness. We do things because it's what we do to come into worship. And it's not that we don't connect. His presence still comes. We have great services. But they become rituals instead of a love response to a savior. You know, and, and, and I'll, I'll be blunt. I sometimes come in empty needing to be refreshed so I'm coming in for myself instead of coming in to worship the Messiah who stands in. There's nothing wrong with that, but if that's the only reason that we come in is to be refreshed, it means that we're not doing what we need to do out there to be refreshed. And and we worship isn't to get. Worship is to give. And so, yeah, I just think We've lost the awe of coming into his presence because we have become, it happens. So what's the big deal? The big deal is the king of glory is in the house. And when the king of glory is in the house, Isaiah falls to his knees on his face saying, I am not worthy to be in your presence. And he's undone. And I think we've lost the undoneness of being in the presence of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have you. We've had different reasons for going 
as my relationship and my husband's developed with the Lord over the years, you know. But um, all those things kind of let us build us a foundation. But I always wanted more. Um, the first church, when we got married, we knew we wanted to raise our children different because we weren't taken to church as ch well when we were little, but that was it. And so we found a nice church and we got involved and we liked it, but we wanted more. There wasn't much outreach, which is something that's really important to me. I like to reach out to people that don't have a church or know the Lord. And, um, and then we found another church, which was great. And we were serving and doing all these things, but it seemed like it became more about, I, the word that always comes to me, mind with me, what gets in the way of God being present is egos. When people wanted to be more about the self rather than God, whether that's, um, for whatever reason, I'm not gonna get into it, you know, ego. I would just say ego, and some people might not even realize that their ego is leading the way, but they're running it past themselves, what they should be doing, rather than running it past God. Um, and so I was going to church before I came here because I enjoyed it and because we were active. Now, like lately, especially the last couple months, when I come, I come because I want to be connected to other people that are just really enjoying worshiping God, really want to connect with other people that because you don't get that all week when you're out and about. You just don't. And you try to connect with people that way, but not everybody, everybody's on the same page with that. Um, but lately when I come in here, I just, during worship time and stuff, God's just been giving me these pictures in my mind. And like I go home and I, I'm a horrible drawer. So if anybody ever looked at my drawings, they would think it was chicken scratch. But I know what I saw is the point. And so I think... I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was trying to find the message. And I think coming here, it was a little uncomfortable at first because it was so much different than what I was used to. And then I realized that I really needed, I needed this because it made me more, more humility to be able to just be authentic with my worship rather than worrying about what anybody around me is looking at or what they think. Because in actuality, nobody in here is looking around at anyone else. I don't feel like. No. And so when you can just let yourself go and just remove yourself from the equation and just kind of open yourself up. And and um, I was looking for this. I, I hope this is what I was thinking of. Um, we were talking about what it would be nice to have down the road for the body of Christ, what you were talking about. Um, and I said... I want to have a community to lean on and serve with, but more than that, what I truly want is to be able to go anywhere, pretty much in the world, and feel loved and accepted by other believers. I want people to recognize each other's hearts and embrace that so that the church is everywhere. So that when you see other believers, wherever you go, you can recognize, that kind of gets me choked up. So that you can recognize each other. Because there is, I don't know if power is the right word, but when there's more people together that are on fire and charged, then something special happens, I think. <laughs> and I, I love that you spoke on the ego. Yes. Because that is the perfect word for what her and I were trying to like pinpoint earlier is, is that ego concept. And we have to, I mean, the Bible in no way encourages to, to boost our ego, mm -hmm. right? Like, 
the Lord tells us to deny ourselves and to submit and to surrender and to die to ourselves and to pick up our cross daily. And mm -hmm. I think one of the things that the ego most um, dances away from <laughs> is is being even more undignified than this, mm. right? And like when you shared about worship, I thought of David and, mm. and dancing undignified before the Lord. And when we do have ego, there's so much we won't do for God. Mm. We will not talk to the stranger. We will not mm -hmm. talk to the clerk. We will not talk to the waitress. We don't even ask me to walk in front of everybody and put my tithe in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like there's so much that we will, we won't do that we'll refuse to do because of ego. And, you know, I just was really struck by the passage that she had read earlier and, and the idea that the Lord invites us into his presence. And so when our church service encounters the presence of God, it's, it's not that God entered the room, it's that we entered his gates. And I just think that transition of thinking changes things. Mm -hmm. When it's not so much about, oh, okay, finally you showed up, you're late, you know, but it's more like, wow, okay, you know, I had to repent, I had to surrender, I had to deal with some things that were keeping me at a distance from Jesus, like I was keeping me, my ego was keeping me from Jesus. Mm -hmm. As soon as I got that out of the way, it cleared the way for me to come into his courts. And now that we've entered in, mm -hmm. we were even saying earlier, it has a different impact when we realize that our worship was so pleasing to God that he moved the veil, that he said, I am so delighted and I love you so much that you can see my face, mm -hmm. that like I'm letting you in to see my face. That to me conveys so much more worth mm -hmm. than, than me standing in a worship ceremony and being like, hallelujah, and then waiting, like, are you coming down here or not? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I don't know, to me, it conveyed so much more worth that mm -hmm. he sees me valuable and he sees my worship as a sacrifice and a gift to him that he's like, come in, I want you closer. Mm -hmm. It's the, uh, he's not coming low to us, he's saying, I'm calling you higher, come to me. Yeah. And, and it's the whole, I, I wonder, and I'm, I'm thinking out loud, but what came to me is that God says that we are seated at his right hand right now. Like we rule and reign on this earth where he is at now, that, that we live from heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. And, and if, if worship, if we view worship differently, us coming to him instead of him coming down to us, if we live the life, you know, because worship's just not something we do on a Sunday morning. Worship is a lifestyle where everything you do becomes an act of worship. I remember w one time, um, I had four, four little kids, my kids were a year apart, and I was doing dishes, and it felt like it was the hundredth time I'd done dishes, and I was complaining, whining. And I, I, God just came in close, and he's like, where's your worship? And I'm like, how am I supposed to worship? And he's like, the very act that you are doing right now is worship unto me. You are serving your family. That is worship. And I was just like, oh, forgive me, God. You know, and so if we lived from, I, I just wonder if they're connected of that's how you live from heaven down, is, is when we live a lifestyle of God's not coming down to us, we're going to him. Like when we connect with him, our spirits are entering the heavenlies and coming into his presence, into the holy of holies. And that is why the veil was torn. Whew. Just processing out loud. Well, it says the earth and its 
Important. I was trying to look up the Bible verse, and I want to share it in context. So it's Ephesians 2. Um, it's specifically verse 6, but I'm going to back up to verse 4. It says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, mm. so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Mm. Um, and I do, I, th I think it connects, I th I'm really Im impressed in the fact that we're hidden in Christ Jesus. Mm. Um, like when you had said that we are seated at his right side, like, in other passages, we find Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And in other passages, we see that we're seated at the right hand of the Father. How can that be? There's only one right side, right? Mm. Well, that's because we're in Christ Jesus. Like, mm. Christ's blood is superimposed over us so that we can be right there with the Father. Mm. And it's, it's such a beautiful concept. Um, and I, I just, yeah, earlier when we were talking, I just kept coming back to the phrase, like, locking eyes with Jesus. And... Do you know? Oh, come on in. <laughs> We're welcome. We're having just like a dialogue. Yeah, yeah. It's it's typically our Wednesday night Bible study. We're just a smaller group tonight, so we're just like an intimate group talking with one another. So come yeah. on in. <laughs> yeah. Me too. <laughs> um. But are you guys familiar with the phrase, like, if I say to lock eyes with Jesus, does that make sense to you guys, like, what that would mean? To lock eyes with Jesus. So um, how do I explain this? For Angel, it's falling on her face. Mm -hmm. For me, it's locking eyes. It's like being in that intimate place with the Lord where you have a singular focus and undivided attention, where you are tuned in to the Lord and his heart and his purposes and um, like for me, when I go through various situations, whether I'm nervous or anxious or undecided or I need to make a decision, I need FaceTime with Jesus. Like I need to like close my eyes real tight and be like, Jesus, are you here? Like, are you with me? And of course, I know biblically God is always with us. So I remind myself, okay, soul, where you're worried, where you think God isn't with you. It's not true. The Bible says God's with you. So I remind myself, okay, I know you're here. Help me, help me remember you're here. And then, and then I become aware of the truth of God, that he's with me. And I just say, can I see your face? Can I just, can I look into your heart? Can I know how you feel right now? Can I, can you just let me in? Like, I will have peace if I see you, because you're my Prince of Peace. I will be certain if I can just connect with you, because you are, you're my rock. And, and I know I'll have confidence if I can stand on you for a moment. And so I have to have that moment of, like, 
reckoning with Jesus. And so I call it locking eyes with him. Like, I just, I just need to like connect and be intimate with you. And so when we were talking about worship and, and the ritual of worship, kind of bouncing around a little bit, so track with me for a moment. But when we talked about worship and how it can become a habit or a ritual, I find for me the best way to step out of that and to make sure my ego isn't in, in place or I'm not lifting my hands because I know I'm supposed to at this point and other people will be like, is she even worshiping? She's not raising her hands. Well, I better worship. Okay, I'm worshiping. Can everyone tell I'm worshiping now? Mm-hmm. Right? Like we get so silly in our heads sometimes. So what I, what I do to get away from all of that is I need to sit down. I need to like intentionally step out of the habit um, And before, years ago, I used to just, like, lay in the aisle, or I would just, like, kneel down in the aisle or off on the side, um, and that would get me out of that habit enough to just, okay, my worship isn't, do I know the tune? Do I know the words? Can I sing it really pretty? Are people's ears bleeding around me? You know, it's not any of that. It's just, I need Jesus right now, and I don't care what it looks like. If I have to sit here or if I have to kneel or lay on my face, I need to see his face, and it doesn't matter. I just need to see his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I was going with that, so mm-hmm. tag your it. Okay. Did you have something? I saw you were looking something up. Did you have anything you wanted to share? Before I move on to the next. Yeah. Um, so um, I got kind of like a picture in my head uh, when you said about how um, we are seated at God's right hand. Um, and I got like, um, it may sound kind of silly, um, but like kind of the picture I got was... Um, like a person in heaven pulling like which is us pulling the strings for our earthly body like we live out of that place not like uh typically like you think i'm here but i'm also kind of there and it doesn't really seem to make sense but like in reality like we're there and like this is temporary like we are just pulling the strings on our earthly body, so to speak. That's a great visual. Mm-hmm. Any more on that piece? Because I want to jump back onto something that Molly said um, that really stuck with me. So, any more on just like worship and gazing eyes with Jesus and getting back out of ritual of worship and going back into intimacy and not taking him for granted and his presence for granted. Okay. So one of the things that Molly said was, I just want to go anywhere in the world and know I'm with brothers and sisters in Christ, that I can see that on them. And one of the things in my study that the Lord has been speaking to me, and I think it's why we're been on community for an entire year, is... The Bible says that they will know that you are Christians by the way that you love the world. No. He says, they will know that you are Christians by the way that you love my disciples. The, the only way the world will know that you are a believer is by the way that we love those in the body of Christ. And when we get to a place in our intimacy with God where we are loved, uh, Okay, Lord, where are you going with that? Oh, it's the whole 
love me with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? It's the, they'll know us by our love for each other in the house. But when we come in egotistical, when we come in taking it for granted, we, we take relationships for granted. We, we take our mates for granted. We take our parents for granted because we have become a nation that is very self-focused and self-centered. And, I, and, I, and this whole revival thing, everything that we've talked to you, it, worship comes from a love relationship with Jesus. And when we begin to take that for granted, we can't love our neighbors as ourselves, let alone love each other the way that God, because what happens when we disagree? What happens when we don't like what happens <laughs> on a Sunday morning? Or uh, what happens when, what's, what's happening right now in the body of Christ in America? There's such a divide over vaccinations that it breaks my heart because it's not even the main point. What's the main point? Jesus is the main point. Why are we arguing about what people are doing or not doing? It's, it, that doesn't matter. It's, it's Jesus that matters. And, and that's why his heart is so grieved. You know, I, we have got to get back to the main thing. And the main thing is love. And, and when we take God for granted and we come in and do worship as a ritual, it's no longer about love. It's just because it's what we do. And so I just, I, I think we need to just do some FaceTime with Jesus right now. Um, if anybody doesn't have anything else to say, I, I just really feel like it, this is, I feel like we're the remnant. Like we're the ones that are going to cry out for this. Like, <laughs> like we're going to get some FaceTime with Jesus and just begin to, uh, you know, repent if we need to repent. Or, or God, is there anything in me that needs to change? so that I am so in love with you that I can be in love with everybody else around me? Is there anything in me that doesn't look like you out there? Is, is my life a life that is a life of worship to my king every day, not just Sunday mornings? And, and then as we worship and get FaceTime and making sure this is good, him and I, let's just begin to cry out. Um, it's actually one of the things that we talk about in hindrance of revival is we don't cry out like like we don't cry out for our enemies who are going to hell we we don't cry out for the churches that have allowed sin in their house and they're not dealing with it instead we we whine and complain about them and we judge them from a distance you know um when something grieves us it should send us to our knees not judgment and when it sends us to judgment instead of our knees, we know that something's off inside of us and it needs fixed. And so let's be a people that begins to cry out for God's body, for our brothers and sisters in Christ, for the Church of America, for, for our nation, whatever it is that God places on our heart. I just feel like we're going to spend some time in worship. Um, and, and I... I, I don't want the screens up or the words because sometimes we watch the screen and read the words and we don't engage our hearts or our minds. And I just, let's engage with Jesus. Let's do some FaceTime. 
ask, ask Holy Spirit, where are you right now? Jesus, I want to see your eyes. What are you speaking to me right now? Show me my heart. And let's, let's do that. I also want to piggyback on that to just love them. Yeah. Like to check in with them if we, because we can't come into God's presence with sin, right? So we absolutely have to make sure we're a clean vessel before the Lord. Um, but then once you're in there, like part of crying out is just looking at them and loving them, mm-hmm. right? That's worship. And mm-hmm. like on my heart, like I just need to look at them and tell them I love them, you know? It's, and maybe you just need to tell them you love them too. Like that recommitment of mm-hmm. God, you are my God. There's no one but you. Like, you're the one I'm living for. You're the one I'm surrendered to. I'm not surrendered to the media. I'm not surrendered to the news. I'm not surrendered to X, Y, or Z. I'm surrendered to you. Uh, and just, like, does that make sense, that, mm-hmm. that heart of worship, to just love on him? Like, if God's love language was words of affirmation, what could you tell him? Mm. Like, if his if his love language was was quality time and undivided attention, how would you spend time with them? Mm. Just with him, right? Just speaking words of truth, like, God, you are good. God, you are faithful. God, you've never let me down. God, you take really good care of me, and I'm so thankful. Like, I feel so loved because of you. Like, God, I, I, he doesn't need to hear it, but I think he loves to hear it. Mm-hmm. So let's do all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and immediately in the room, as soon as I said that, I, I I felt ego come in the room like, I'm not speaking. Don't make me talk out loud. Don't make me pray out loud. Don't make me cry. Don't make me all of those things. Lay that aside. Because maybe your breakthrough brings breakthrough over here. You know, that's the other thing that happens in church. We come in for ourselves and forget that we're here for everybody else. And if I get breakthrough, she gets breakthrough. She gets breakthrough. She gets breakthrough. And before we know it, the whole place has breakthrough and it's exploded in the house you know we are not just here for ourselves we're here for each other and so whatever breakthrough I get you get whatever miracle I receive you can have because that's the way our father works he doesn't have favorites so don't let pride keep you silent you know everybody engage individually not with each other but in individually with God but it, it but if you feel like crying out loud cry out loud let it out you know, if you have to wail, wail. Jacob contended and said, I am not. In Hosea, it says he wept bitter tears until he got what he wanted. So if you need to cry until you get your breakthrough, cry until you get it. Jeremiah was a weeping prophet because he was so sad over the sin of the nation that he couldn't stop crying about it. Do whatever you need to do to get face-to-face with Jesus and hear Daddy's heart. So don't let pride keep you from being you. If he says, run around the room, run around the room. If he says, scream Jesus at the top of your lung, doesn't matter if you give me a heart attack, do it. Katie's known for that. Whatever you need to do to engage, do it until you get your breakthrough. And keep doing it until he tells you the next step of intercession or cry out. Okay? Everybody good? You ready to be undignified more than this? I'm going to actually shut this off because I'm just going to do Jesus time too. Um, there's lots of tissues around. We've realized that 
in the office, I think we have 35 boxes of open tissue. Um, we, we cry a lot in this house, especially when we have conferences, so we have to make sure that we have tissues on every pew. So we have lots of tissues, so if you need tissues, grab them now. But if you have to kneel, lay down, jump around and do whatever you need, okay? Lord, truly that is our heart tonight, that you would be exalted. God, that you would be uh, exalted in this house. God, that you would be exalted in our lives. God, that you would be exalted in our homes. God, that, that wherever our feet go, you would be the one to be made famous. God, that you would be exalted with our words and our actions, in our giving, in our prayers, in our thoughts, God, that you would be the one exalted in our lives. God, and I just ask that as we depart from this place, this, this beautiful place of your presence, God, that, that we can go anywhere and enter in here. God, that we can worship you and come into your presence at our sinks, in our beds, in the bathrooms, at our desk, God, that you are everywhere. It's the purpose of sending your son was so that we could have communion with you all the time, any place, anywhere. May we never take that for granted. God, that, that tonight you have revived our hearts. Tonight you have revived our minds. Tonight you have revived our souls. God, that, that this remnant, the, these women and, and young men in this house, God, that you have set us afire to bring forth what you are calling to this community. God, that we would be love carriers. God, so much so that wherever we go, we have people bumping into us because they just want to be close. that they see you on us and they want you. God, that revival would come to this land. God, that revival would come to this land and it would flood the streets where we live so that you can be exalted, God. That is your heart. That is your passion. That is why you're calling us higher. That is why you're calling us out. That is why you've called us to this place so that we could bring the love of you wherever we go. Because when people encounter you, revival takes place in their heart. God, that we would live from this place, not from our earthly homes, but our heavenly homes. That this would be the place that we dwell. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are dismissed, but if you just want to linger, go ahead and linger because there's such a, just a, sweet presence of his peace right now. It's just, oof, 
looks like a heavy blanket of his glory. 